Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Bischoff for Detroit Lions podcast uh, recording uh, for you guys on a Friday night. Um... This is going to be a different one. This is not a game preview. This is going to be draft-related stuff. Um, we'll get into this, uh, but it, but it's uh, just some generalized thoughts on on where we are with the draft right now, and it's way too soon for draft stuff, but we're still going to do it. Why not? Uh, coming at you. Stay tuned. It's coming up right now. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. A couple of disclaimers before we go anywhere, and we're going to hit these disclaimers a bunch. The first one is there isn't a single player that I feel like I have a strong, solid, uh, finished opinion on. Um, so anything I'm telling you today, I'm, I may change my mind as I see more. Um, I may not, I don't know. Uh, today it's just, a. we're just going to have a generalized opinion about this topic. If the lions are drafting in the top five or top three, whatever it is, and they have the potential to take Quarterback Bryce Young, quarterback C.J. Stroud, um, defensive interior player Jalen Carter, or defensive end pass rusher um, uh, Williams from uh, uh, Williams Will Anderson from Alabama. Where do you go and why? So that's kind of that's what this conversation is going to be. I don't have a name for this yet. <laughs> um, because it's sort of silly to be doing it, we're going to continue to do it. I'm going to do it every week because I think we can we can have a you know we can talk about the draft in a generalized way before before you know positions like the draft order starts to get set and um, you know there's more of a consensus as to what players are and where they're going to be. Uh, again, disclaimer. A lot of what I'm going to tell you, I may change my mind on as we get further into this process. So it's basically, um, you know, whatever you want to consider it, a, a view from, you know, 35,000 feet uh, into where the Lions are and what their needs might be if they draft as early as is, as is possible. So um, the question, the first question is, what do you do at the quarterback position? And that's a that's a Jared Goff conversation. But I think at this point in time, it's pretty clear, unless you're really a Jared Goff believer, it's pretty clear that the Lions do need to move away and figure out a way to to get some better, better, more dynamic play and maybe more dynamic two-way play um, than what Goff can give them. Um that then goes into a deeper conversation of about how you do that, but 
But one of the things that you know that you do is you draft one early. So um, if the Lions are set on drafting a quarterback early, they're going to take my guess would be Bryce Young or or CJ Stroud. Um, and it and it kind of makes the rest of what we're going to talk about today a little bit moot because if you've taken a quarterback, the players that we're looking at uh, that we're going to talk about the the Georgia defensive interior player and the Alabama edge rusher, um, they're not available because you took quarterback. So that's the big thing that like so let's approach let's approach it as if the Lions are taking quarterback and we'll just go about it at this way now and then we'll change it up in a few minutes. So. Um, if both are available, um, which seems a little unlikely, but it, you know who knows. Um, let's say the Lions end up with a second pick, and um, I don't know. So, I don't. <laughs> I don't know who would have the first pick, but let's say that they're okay at quarterback, and they take Will, Ander- uh, Will Anderson because he's just so dynamic, right? So that leaves you with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and a, and a few other quarterbacks, too, that I'm not going to mention just because we, we're trying to keep this a little on the shorter side. But So if it's Bryce Young or or Stroud, you have to then choose between those guys. And to me, it's like these are polar opposite players. Bryce Young, um, Bryce Young does it all. Um, he's a very flashy, polished quarterback who, does, who has high-level traits. Uh, he does – Really good things with the football. He's got a great release. It's one of the things that stands out right away is the ball is is out very quickly. Um, the biggest thing, and it's, there are flaws with this game, but the biggest thing that that as fans and that the team's going to have to deal with is his is his size. Um, he is like a five foot ten and a half, five foot eleven max, hundred and eighty five, hundred and ninety pound guy. Uh, that's it. So are you going to, I mean, he's smaller than your average high school point guard in basketball. So are you going to, is a team going to be comfortable um, making that selection and, and giving that guy the keys to the franchise um, at that size? He, and he's almost like, it's a total anomaly because I don't know that there's been, or, I mean, if there has been, it's it's just one or two Uh players under six feet and under 190 pounds to be drafted to play quarterback in the NFL. They're just, it's so rare. And are you willing to, to take all that risk on, because he is such an anomaly size wise. So, um, but from a play standpoint, he deals with pressure. Great. Um, and he does, uh, he's got a great release. He's got plenty of arm strength. Um, if you want to get really jazzed up about Bryce Young, just look at the connection he had with Jameson Williams last year and all those deep throws that were just drops in the bucket that were pretty throws. Um, no questions about arm strength, none of it, right? So um, clearly there are things that he will have to work on. Um, he's mobile. He's got, he's got enough arm to make, to make, you know, to make any throw to make them all work. It's just, is the size um, an impediment, and is it something that you think teams will hold against him just because he is so small? Um, the things that he does as a as a passer, as a quarterback, are I think to me, and again, 
remember, very generalized and, and not finished from as far as what I think, um, far ahead of where the other quarterbacks are. So just quarterback play, he is, he is far ahead of everybody else. It's just he's very, very small. So that's, that's young. So then we get to Stroud and Stroud, um, you know, the, <laughs> the elephant in the room, the Ohio State system, the Ohio State quarterback. Um, yeah, yeah, I would prefer uh, Young over Stroud. Stroud's a bigger quarterback. He's, I mean, he is your prototype, you know, big quarterback. He likes to be in the pocket. Um, Ohio State gives him a clean pocket for the most part. They have. He does not want to leave the pocket. He wants to be a pocket passer. Um, it looks like you have to force him to leave the pocket and make plays while running, and he's just not comfortable or wanting to do that. Um, so it negates the concept of having a dual threat because he really only wants to be a pocket passer. Uh, it doesn't mean that he can't do it. He can. It's just his what he wants to do is be in the pocket and, and you know, picking apart downfield where um, – Ohio State keeps him clean, and he doesn't have to deal with much pressure. Um, the Northwestern game is going to give teams pause for what he looked like in that game in the wind. Um, you know, we'll see how the season finishes for him, but but to me, he looks like a player who needs really good protection, and he needs time. Um, he's got plenty of arm strength. Uh, there, I think there are certain throws that he makes better than other throws. Um, you know, so so we're, we're seeing a little more limited player. Not real limited. I mean, he's a very good prospect, but just a little more limited than what Bryce Young is. He's just more – He has, he's just got more size. Interestingly, he doesn't use it. He doesn't want to, to leave the pocket and run or make throws on the run. Um, they're starting to kind of push him that way and force him to do that. But, you know, so the Lions are in a unique position because they are going, if they do, if they do draft a quarterback, you're drafting a player who comes in with, you know, and, and will play behind a really good offensive line. So they do have that going for them. It's just, there's a little bit of concern about what happens when he is pressured. Um, what happens when you ask him to do things outside structure? Uh, does it work? Um, are those situations, uh, are, is that a good situation for him to be in? You know, pressured and then on the move, trying to get the ball down the field. And it just doesn't sit, seem to be his game. So we'll see how the season, you know, evolves and, and what happens as, as things move on. But I just, uh, you know, there's a hesitation with him where, I worry about how he's going to handle with pressure at the next level, especially because his desire and maybe his vibe is not to leave the pocket, um, which brings more pressure on himself. So it's we'll see. Again, very generalized. Don't you know? Don't crush me in the comments if if there's been a few a play here or there where you've seen him roll out and make passes. I'm not saying he doesn't do it. I'm just saying that. That's generally what his game is. So, so there you have the compare contrast of the quarterbacks.
Um, and that's the, that, there's a decision that the Lions will maybe have made. If they choose, if they're in a position where they didn't get quarterback, let's say they, they're picking third or fourth and quarterback goes one and two and those guys aren't there, then it's, is it Anderson or Carter? Then it's a really interesting conversation. Um, Carter to me is, um, he's going to play, he's going to play as a three technique or in some cases maybe as a two eye, but he can play, he can play outside as far as a five. Uh, he's big. He's like six foot three and 310 pounds. He's very powerful. He's very disruptive with his first step. Um, the thing that he does that intrigues me is that he would he would open up um, he would open up and make the job of the edge players around him, specifically on his side, much easier because they'd have a one on one matchup and most likely a widened one on one matchup because Carter's going to cross face and and get into some double teams where he might pressure and that may force the quarterback to leave the pocket and run into defensive end on that side of the field. Um, so now when I say three tech, that's Aaron Donald's position. That's also Chris, uh, Chris Jones from Kansas city's position. He is much more a Chris Jones player and nothing like what Aaron Donald is. Aaron Donald is, uh, he wins through leverage and power and just brute strength, um, to get into the backfield. And then he's super quick. Um, while while being while playing with great leverage because he's short, um, Carter's not that. Carter is more stand up, disruptive, power. Um, he's going to get a shoulder even when he's double teamed. He's going to get his shoulder into the gap and eventually split the gap. Uh, so to me, I see much more of a Chris Jones type player than uh, than really anything else. And if you're a Chiefs fan and you watch their defense. Yes, please. Chris Jones is an incredible football player, super disruptive player. Um, the things that Jalen Carter would do in Detroit is he would he would command double teams. He and Aleem McNeil would would, for the most part, command three blockers. So, depending on if a line adjusts and shifts, if they if they have like slide calls on or whatever it is. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say that the the center and both guards are going to handle Aleem McNeil and Jalen Carter because sometimes when you slide a protection, a tackle is going to get involved in that kind of a thing. Um, so we'll just keep it as simple as saying that Aleem McNeil and Carter would occupy three blockers, which would then leave both defensive ends, both pass rushers, one-on-one -on -one in some space. Um, we have seen that a player like Aiden Hutchinson likes that. Uh, last year, Charles Harris was a stand-up outside linebacker in the Lions 3-4 system, and he thrived. So um, just from the concept of, uh, of what Carter can do for a player like Hutchinson or, you know, the, other, or the defensive end on the other side of the ball, um, you can see how he could be such an intriguing player for them. And how he could be, he could be the cause, and uh, you know, he could do some things. And the beneficiary is uh, rookie, you know, number two overall pick from last year. 
Um, Carter's a monster. He is a really good football player. I think he was their best defensive lineman even last year, which I know is saying a lot because they had three first-round picks on that D-line. They had Jordan Davis, who went, I want to say, I don't remember, 14 or 16. Uh, Devontae Wyatt went late in the first round to Green Bay. Trayvon Walker went first overall to Jacksonville. So, you know, you had a very talented defensive line, but as far as – as far, as far as, you know, snap in, snap out, being a, a disruptive presence and being a, a very difficult player to block, Jalen Carter is just, he is a monster. Um, and he would, he would, uh, he offers more than just what he does. So I know I've repeated it. I'll do it one more, one more time and then we'll move on to Anderson. So I just think he opens up, the, he gives the keys uh, and opens up the door a little wider for, for their, their pass rushers. Um, and some blitz lanes. He's going to be very difficult, and interior offensive linemen are going to have their hands full with him. Um, he's that guy. He's a dude. He's a dog. Uh, Will Anderson. I feel like of all these guys we've talked about, um, obviously not the the quarterbacks too in some ways, but quarterback the quarterback position is such a such an impactful position that it almost stands alone. Um, after that. Edge rusher, if you can get a premium one, it does too. And as much as I, I love Jalen Carter's game, the thought of passing on Will Anderson, um, especially a few years down the line, could come off as uh, – I might look back at this video and think, what the hell were you talking about? And I might do that in a week. I don't know. Um, just because passing on Anderson feels like a crime um, against, you know, all things sensical football. Um, Jalen Carter's a great player, but Will Anderson is a premium pass rusher. Uh, something like we haven't seen in a while. I know that he's had his senior, this, his final year in college has not been like great. But it's his final year in college, if you know what I'm saying. So, you know, uh, as soon as Alabama becomes eliminated from, and they may be now, uh, I think it might be in his best interest just to say, hey, I'm kind of washing my hands of this and, and getting ready for the draft. Uh, and I don't blame him a bit. Um, his first step quickness, his ability to turn the corner, um, his ability to finish, they're all rare. Uh, and to pass that up for for anything else feels like not quarterback, but to pass that up for anything other than than your premium quarterback feels like a horrible football choice. Just because these guys just do not come around very often, he would have been he would have been penciled in, written in pen, um, in January as the number one pick in the draft last year. And it, there would not have been a debate about it. And then you go Trayvon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon, sorry, Trayvon Walker, then Hutchinson, and then Thibodeau go in the top five. And Anderson's Anderson's better than all those guys. Um, and I and I think, like, you have Aiden Hutchinson here already. You throw Will Anderson in the mix. Um you have Josh Pascal here, who's like your versatile inside-out guy. Um, 
yes, you still need a penetrating three technique type, but I think you can find that guy with the Rams pick, which I'm hoping is around pick 10 this year. That'd be wonderful. Um, so passing on Will Anderson just feels like it could be, in the end, a very bad choice. Um, you know, great scenario would be to take Anderson with the first pick and then take the most disruptive three technique available and just let them go. So now you have Aleem McNeil, you have Pascal, you have Onzerike if he gets back. You have whoever the interior tackle is that you'd be taking. If there, you know, obviously there has to be one, they're worth of it. You then have um, Hutchinson, you have Charles Harris, you have Julian O'Quara, you have other guys, but you have you have players that command attention. Um, you know, Hutchinson is commanding attention, but you throw Williams on the other side, and it's like you really better know where Will, oh, Williams. If you throw Anderson on the other side. You better know where he is. And I'm not saying that makes Hutchinson a bit of an afterthought, but it really does open him up to playing um, to playing on the side of the ball where he doesn't have to deal with tight ends, where you can stand him up and let him just let him come forward. Um, so it's a little bit of a, full, a philosophical thing. Like, w- which way do you uh, – how do you want to approach it? Um, In the end, I could make the argument that Carter fits where the Lions are better and and he makes more sense for what they have. But I do believe that Anderson is a better player and a more impactful player. And it might mean that you might have to move Hutchinson and play him in situations that may not be best for him. But as a team goes and as a defensive line goes, I mean, good luck. Uh, that's a that has the potential to be a pretty dominant defensive line. That alone, you you throw Will Anderson in the mix with Hutchinson, with Pascal, with McNeil, and with with whoever you bring in to penetrate uh, as a three tech. If it's on Zarike, great. I, my assumption is it'll be somebody else too. Um, that has the makings of a dominant defensive line. An explosive, athletic, powerful, uh, great first steps—all those, all those things. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of where where the brain is just kind of rattling around these thoughts. Like, what do, what do they do if they're in the top five? And and you know, is it quarterback? And if it's not quarterback, you know, what do you? How do you debate and sort of figure out these two premium guys? Because because they are. Um, we gotta we gotta come up with a name for this sort of um, this whatever uh, just verbal uh, flow happening here. Uh, again, please do not take anything I'm saying right now as as draft informative final opinions. It's just conversational. Um, we'll have we will have solidified opinions. We will be. We'll, they'll make sense. We'll, we'll try to to explain our reasoning for for where we're at. Um, that's not now. All we're doing right now is having a conversation about what if, and this is the conversation I'd be having behind the scenes kind of stuff. Um, you know, next week it could be I'm looking at, uh, 
you know, safeties. Or these are the three or four corners that have popped, and these are the reasons I like them. How do they fit kind of stuff. Um, uh, let's just call them like draft dumps because that's kind of what they are. It's just like a, a mind dump that's happening uh, related to the draft. So this is draft dump number one. Um, I hope there was some value for you guys for this. Uh, we could go on and on and on about this. I could go on. This worked almost 24 minutes. I could make this a lot longer. There's no reason to do it because it's just going to be repeating some of the things that, that I've already said. But, but uh, you, you know, you can see how the Lions could find themselves into a, a tough situation, but walking on the other on the other side of it, walking out with a premier player. Um, if they fall in love with a quarterback, they obviously they obviously believe that quarterback is a premier player. I'm telling you, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson are premier players. Um, it's a good problem to have. So that's kind of uh, that's draft dump week one. Um, have a great weekend. We'll uh, we'll chat for the uh, the Lions Week Eleven matchup um, next week. Um, enjoy the weekend. Um, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Let's bring it here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes. <laughs>